Welcome to Land Life, a podcast for North Coast landholders by North Coast Local Land Services. This podcast is all about sharing knowledge and experience with landholders across our region to support farm productivity and healthy environments. North Coast Local Land Services acknowledges the traditional custodians of all the nations on which we live, work and play. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. In any given week, the North Coast LLS biosecurity team can respond to hundreds of reports of wild dogs across the North Coast. These reports can be anything from suspected sightings all the way through to serious and sometimes fatal attacks on livestock and domestic pets. Wild dogs can also threaten native animals and have a negative impact on biodiversity. Here on the North Coast, local land services supports landholders to minimise the impact wild dogs can have on all these things. So what do you do when you don't know what to do about wild dogs? My name's Tiffany Felton and I'm a biosecurity officer with North Coast Local Land Services. And I'm Mick Elliott. I'm also a biosecurity officer with North Coast Local Land Services. We'd like to share some information with you regarding wild dogs, focusing on their impacts and your options in protecting your stock, your domestic pets and how to be proactive about it. Of the pest animals we assist landholders to manage, wild dogs produce far and away the most amount of inquiries. Would you agree, Mick? that the majority of inquiries regarding wild dogs are made by phone and include a horror story of stock attacked or domestic dogs savaged and a request for help? Without a doubt, Tiff. Often we deal with people who at times will have no idea that wild dogs are even present in the environment or that they are active close to their holding or the damage that they can do, not only to their stock but to native animals as well. If people... Uh, for example, are thinking of putting stock onto their land for the first time, we would love them to contact us first so that we can advise them on suitable sites and fencing requirements, especially for what we like to call soft targets. They include things like sheep, goats, alpacas, and even people's domestic pets. Selecting a site that has the flattest aspect, that is without many dips and hollows, will allow a fence to be erected as close as possible to the ground. Wild dogs will almost always try to go under a fence and restricting access is a great starting point, as is obviously the use of a predator-proof netting to further restrict access. You mentioned alpacas there. I thought they'd keep dogs out of a paddock. Yeah, common misconception, Tiff. Alpacas will certainly keep domestic dogs and foxes out of a paddock. However, wild dogs are not like domestic dogs. They do it for a living and an alpaca spitting and attempting to strike them won't put off a determined wild dog or indeed a pack of wild dogs. In fact, on the North Coast, grown cattle, calves and also horses have been attacked and killed by wild dogs. So Mick, I've picked my site, avoiding dips and creek lines. I've used a predator-proof netting type wire and strained it up. Am I ready to release my sheep to the enclosure? What else can I do? Well, the important thing to remember is that as far as the control of wild dogs goes, we really only have three main legal methods and they are the use of legal baits, soft jaw traps, and the use of a firearm. Protection animals and cage traps are also options that can be considered. Okay, I have a firearm. Why can't I just shoot any wild dogs that come onto my property? Yeah, yep, that'd be that'd be terrific. You can legally protect what is yours. However, let's let's think about that a bit. 
Given that the vast majority of attacks will occur over night time, shooting wild dogs could almost be classed as opportunistic. And although effective when you are successful and you end up with a result lying at your feet, shooting on its own can be problematic. Let's say, for example, there is a wild dog or you know there is a wild dog in the area. You've heard it from your neighbour or you might have heard howling. And you sit up for a number of hours to shoot it with a firearm and it doesn't turn up. How many nights in a row do you think you could keep that up for? Okay, so what about soft jaw foot traps? Look, another great method of wild dog control. They do require a certain level of experience to be effective. And the way to learn is is just a start. But again, this method on its own can be very time consuming because it's all about placement of your trap. You must check that trap every day and you must have access to a legal firearm to control a wild dog if you catch one. Right, so that leaves baiting. Yeah, without a doubt, the most effective and most used method of wild dog control. North Coast Local Land Services offers a free course in what we call vertebrate pesticide training. It's a course that takes around three hours to complete. It deals exclusively with the toxins that are legal for the control of pest animals on the North Coast. At the end, a successful applicant receives a card that lasts for five years and allows you access to baits for pest animals. There are risk assessments, obviously, that are required to be conducted on each holding before the baits are allocated. But importantly, you cannot access baits without a chemical handling card equivalent to an AQF3. Uh, By the way, North Coast Local Land Services also provides baits free to rate-paying landholders. I mean, it's great that it's free, but why does the card only last for five years? Well, you have to remember that over time, legislation changes and sometimes new toxins or techniques become available. And these need to be passed on to landholders so that um, they're updated, which is obviously very important. So if I have goats on my place and they are attacked by wild dogs, I can't get access to baits unless I have a chemical card. That's important to remember that 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 is actually correct. We recommend people sign up for the VPT training, that vertebrate pesticide training, even if they believe there's never been a wild dog around here or I've never even seen a wild dog. Attain the card, remembering there is no cost, you get to learn the facts about the toxins we use, your legal responsibilities and rights, and you are prepared if you should suffer impacts and don't have to wait for the next course to come around to get your card. So when you say facts about the toxins, what do you mean? There is a lot of misinformation about some of the toxins we use, and we understand that some people will have concerns about using toxins on their properties. We would like those people to gather all the facts so they can make a balanced decision on whether to use them or not. You mentioned before that domestic dogs can get attacked. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we see this way too often from people allowing their dogs to roam of a night time or letting them out at night for a few minutes or letting their own dogs off to chase away the wild dogs or indeed working dogs just going about their mustering duties. All of these instances have been reported to us. These dogs uh, suffer some horrific injuries. A percentage are killed outright and some make it to the vets, attracting a significant bill. So we advise people to keep your domestic dogs under control at home. If you need to let them out of a night time, put them on a lead and take a torch. Earlier we spoke to Gordon Manning from Thora, who runs a beef property and practices proactive wild dog baiting. Hi, Gordon. Can you just tell us a bit about why you got into baiting in the first place? 
Well, I baited on previous properties I've owned out west, uh, where we had sheep predominantly, and that was mostly for foxes and the odd wild dog. Down here, we've been here 13 years. Dogs have been around, and um, often you'd see some rather large footprints, but we've never had any problems until about uh, just over four years ago when there was a dog that was hassling things here. We actually managed to shoot that, and um, then we had more. One stage, we had a pack of three dogs, that, uh, for want of a better word, pretty well decimated our young calves that had been born that time. So it was at that point, and also there had been a lot of wild dogs further up the valley. A lot of people that had little pet sheeps and goats had lost them. So at that point, I uh, inquired as to baiting. I was then informed that um, it's a little more complex these days, like it is for most things and had to go and get the uh, do the licence, which I was happy to do. So basically um, the deciding point was when we lost probably $20,000 worth of livestock. Okay, so when you bait, how do you pick the site for where you put your baits? Well, I found because of the nature of the layout of our land, the dogs seem to come through a couple of pretty regular spots. So, and also talking with neighbours further up because we, we border the river. So dogs come in from National Park predominantly uh, down through recognised walkways. And um, so, so I, I basically bait at the same spots all the time. Right. And so once you've found those spots, they're the ones that you'll always use and have success with? Exactly. I've experimented a little bit with um, just sort of putting them a little more, not so much random, but sort of other spots uh, because we did have dogs come in at one stage from a different location. But fortunately, other neighbours further down the valley, I think it got those dogs by shooting them. But at this stage, yes, it's it's pretty easy to to just stick to those same spots and... Uh, that's where the baits go. I mean, at the moment, for example, we actually haven't had uh, the baits go for, for a little while. But I also know that a neighbour further up that does shooting has shot a couple in the last little while. So, Gordon, I'm told that you're really proactive about baiting, that you'll get your baits out before you actually see the dogs or suffer any impacts. Can you just share with us a bit about how you go about your proactive baiting program? Well, exactly. I mean, it's a bit pointless walking out in the paddock one day and seeing five dead uh, calves and then deciding to bait. One of the things I try to do, well, number one, when we're into the calving session, I start baiting a good month to two months before that, and I continue to bait right through when we're calving. And then I do it uh, in between that. Every so often, I like to bait on a full moon. So I might run that put some baits out, see what happens around the full moon and uh, just keep the baits up for a little while. If I then find baits aren't being taken, well, I, I just ease up and I might ease up for, for three months or four months uh, while we're not carving. And then, you know, I might have, we might have heard about dogs being around, might have heard dogs 
in the night or seen them. Um, we actually have a have a pet dog, and we find he seems to be able to sniff if there's other dogs around. So if he's been a little bit agitated, I'll automatically go back and, and do a bait. Thanks, Gordon. That's really interesting to hear that you're taking signals from your pet dog. That's a really good tip for other landholders. Thanks very much for coming along and sharing your story with our listeners today. We really appreciate it. Are wild dogs around my place all the time? That's a great question and is integral to, to effective management. On the North Coast, wild dogs are present, are certainly present in areas where they've never been before. I, can, I can't tell you how many times people have said something like, I always lock my sheep up of a night time, but this one night I was late home from work and didn't, and the next morning they had been attacked and I didn't hear a thing. How unlucky was I? The important thing to remember is wild dogs are opportunists. If an opportunity presents itself, they will take it. We need to accept that all methods of wild dog control need to be utilised to have success. That includes shooting, trapping and baiting. As far as baiting goes, getting a chemical card, as I've said before, is vital so that you are prepared and can react if there is an attack. And indeed, that in itself is a problem because it is after the attack has already been recorded and therefore classed as reactionary. We like to encourage people to think about three words when wild dog baiting is considered. Proactive, strategic and targeted. Proactive means before you see wild dogs or suffer from their impacts. When you know it is about that time of year or you hear howling or your neighbour reports seeing a wild dog moving about, that's the time to get active. Once you see wild dogs or notice their impacts, you can be assured that they have been around for a while. Getting them to pick up a bait once they have started chasing your stock or native animals is a much tougher job. So forget about seeing wild dogs or their impacts and be strategic. Select the times of the year that wild dogs may be more likely to pick up baits. That is, early in the year is mating time, a bait is more likely to be seen as an easy meal and picked up if other things are on their mind. Mid-year is whelping time, just before bedding down in the den there is always a spike in activity and an easy meal may be snatched up. Later in the year, so late August to September and sometimes right through to Christmas, presents the greatest opportunity to target young pups. And lastly, targeted. Place baits in those areas you know or suspect the wild dogs move through. Prioritise creek lines, ridge lines and tracks, both animal and vehicle. So should people report seeing wild dogs or their impacts? Uh, Absolutely. North Coast Local Land Services leads the way with North Coast pest animal data collection and we encourage people to let us know when and where they have seen any pest animals. This data allows us to keep up-to-date records and where pest animals are moving and, in some cases, their density. For more information, call your nearest LLS office on 1300 795 299. You can also visit the LLS website at lls.newsouthwales.gov.au, the Invasive Species Council website at invasives.org.au, 
or report wild dog activity at feralscan.org.au. This podcast is brought to you by North Coast Local Land Services with the support of the Australian Government's National Land Care Program.